You've seen the trailer. Your interest has been piqued, but there's no way you're going to see this movie. If these things apply to you, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Get Spoiled, where we spoil an entire movie for you so you don't have to waste your time seeing it for yourself. My name is Samantha Herman, joined by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film Book Club. So, book club. Hashtag. Um, We're going to get into it. I'm going to spoil it for you. And to be perfectly honest, um, I saw it a couple weeks ago, as you know. Technical Mm -hmm. difficulties have uh, delayed this lay down. Well, and our busy busy schedules. Yes. You know? Our busy lives, our thriving busy lives. And so I have not looked at the notes (laughs) since that time. I just opened them right now. So I'm kind of spoiling it for myself as well. Okay. I don't okay. know. I think that's the whole short-term, long-term memory thing. I have a feeling as soon as you glance at these notes, you're just going to be like completely immersed back in it again. I'll be right back at the Silver City Young Naglington, ah, where, so where this it all was a, took place. This was a local Toronto screening. And a local Toronto screening. I took Mother yep. Herman for Mother's Day. She oh, was very beautiful. excited to see it. And the film we, you saw was? Book Club. Ah, Book Club. Book club Book seems like club. an appropriate Mother's Day mother daughter uh, outing. Yeah. Indeed, it was. Um, yeah. I again, as 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 our want, uh, Chris and I have done nothing but see the trailer and glance at an IMDb. Uh, the premise I, of this movie: four lifelong friends have their lives forever changed <laughs> after reading Fifty Shades of Grey in their monthly book club. That is succinct and correct. So, I um, we're done now. Maybe a, Maybe a little sexy. Maybe just a bit sexy. A little sexy. We'll find out. We'll find out. But I, I would just like to say that I especially don't want to see this movie. Like, <laughs> extra much. Extra. So thank you, Sam. Like, really a lot don't want to see this movie. You might change my mind. I'm open to that. But so far, after having just watched the trailer, as as you mentioned, Jeremy, I... I'm going to be honest, I clicked away to a different tab partway through the <laughs> one minute, 18 second trailer. Wow. So then <laughs> I got distracted. Okay. That's interesting because I, I don't know if we saw the same trailer. I mean, maybe you saw an international version, but at the, the end of the trailer that I watched had the centerpiece joke. So, you know, most comedies, the, the final joke is the one that they're really trying to like hammer home and they think it's strong. And it's going to get butts in the seats in the movie theater. And mm-hmm. the final joke of the trailer I watched was and I'm sure Sam will get into this in much greater detail, but was centered around uh, actor Craig T. Nelson's erection. He had a he had a boner. Yes, I have um, two notations with the word boner um, in my notes. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll okay. get into both and, of them. And I don't mean to just rush right. To, like I, I'm not trying to be immature and and go straight to the boner joke. That's what the trailer. No, they are. They did they, that. They did that. And so I'm yeah. not sure because you because you clicked to another tab, couldn't even make it through the trailer. I'm not sure if you got to see um, what what I got to enjoy, <laughs> which was Coach's boner. They put his boner in your mind and then subsequently in your mouth, so to speak. <laughs> wow. Just now. Yeah. That's yes, salty. So to speak. That's salty language. Um, before we get into the heart and soul of the plot, I just want to ask you guys briefly what your awareness and familiarity is with the Fifty Shades book series, because that is the source material for the book club. It's a great question. I I know that it exists. I know what it is. I know that there there have been movies, and I know what they're about, and that's all. I have not seen or read anything, but I know Uh, what it is. I think there are three books. Yes. Yes. And I'm, there are three movies, I would assume. Also, yes. There you go. Yep. I'm Done. on the same same level, although I did, when The Sensation first came out, I uh, there was a copy of the book in my home at the time, not purchased by me, but it was around. <laughs> and, I, and I did pick it up and try to get into it to see what it was all about. 
I got like 50 pages in. It's it's just atrociously written. Um, yeah, I've read all three, and they are nightmarishly bad. Yeah. Yeah, Sam, you've you've brought this up to us numerous times, I think, or to me at least. Um, you know, when you were reading them, and then subsequently when it's come up in conversation, I do know that also that you, and I mean, you can put up with a lot. A lot. <laughs> in terms of a writing lot. quality, if the story is there, but um, you you really had a bone to pick with the writing level or lack thereof in these books, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And, uh, too much sex, if you can believe it. And I'll tell you this, which I think you might find shocking. I have seen none of the films. Wow. I'm floored by that. Absolutely floored. Not any of one of the films, not one second of any of the films because I hate the book that much. But you read all of them. Yes, I did. <laughs> I had so, to see how I, I needed I needed to see it through. So I see. So you were into the story, and you wanted to know how the story ended, but you didn't need to relive that story in any other medium. I mean, not even that far. I hated the story. I just, I was too far in. I just needed to see it through just to, as see. a completist mentality. But at I no see. point did I enjoy it or care or want to know or root for any of the characters involved. Maybe also as a cultural touchstone, just so you have the full context. Yeah, for sure. So like, so that yeah, so that so that you can properly spoil this movie for us, actually. <laughs> yeah, and because look, yeah, if you haven't context. at least gone through, well, I, I guess at least the first book, but preferably all three, then you would have no context. Like, would you have even been able to laugh at any of the jokes? <laughs> I would have just been completely confused by this entire film. But actually, I was. I resented this film a little bit because I hate the book so much. I didn't want them to exist in other pieces of art. I didn't want it to get any more attention by being the centerpiece of this book club. It's um, stunning. It, that's a great point. It's stunning that this the impact of this garbage book that I don't even think Harlequin would have published if it was submitted there, that it's not only been so culturally um, resonant as a text, three movies, now we have movies about characters reading this book. That's stunning to me. Yeah, it wasn't also... a fake version of it. It was straight up Fifty Shades. They show it, real cover, yeah, real book. That's, That's also the kind of thing. Going. Like this, this couldn't have existed ten years ago. This is like internet memory gone Hollywood. Like Hollywood is caught up to the self-referentialness yeah. of it, the way culture is working now. You know that it started off, I won't get into this too much because we want to get into the yeah, movie, but yeah. it, this, it started off as Twilight fan fiction. So yes, it's yes, I did not know that. even an original piece. It's based off another garbage series that I've also read all of, but and have seen all the movies of. This, oh. is, this is where we're at, guys. This is, this is and, now, <laughs> and now we are making a podcast... <laughs> Having not seen, okay, wait. I'm gonna to try to do the math here. My head hurts. I ha- the cycle continues. Wait, I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta start at the beginning. Okay, just like let you gotta stop me if I'm getting this wrong. Okay. I have not seen. No, I have not read Twilight. I have not seen Twilight. Fifty Shades of Grey started about started as fan fiction yeah. about a book series that was made into a movie. Neither of which I have had any actual like contact with other than just culturally and that was originally published on the internet that was really published originally published on the internet then it was made into books which i have not read those books were made into movies which i have not seen yeah and now this movie (laughs) has been based on the existence of those books and uh, maybe the movies come up in it as well so that's the the way where this book this uh movie comes from and now sam you are telling me about <laughs> this, so I haven't seen this movie either. The only next, can you imagine the next level? Like someone writes a book based on this episode of this podcast that, that we're would doing. Be amazing. Okay, let's just dive in. So, um, I don't know a single character's character name. I will be sticking exclusively with actor names. Please Let me just list who's along. in it and who's in the book club. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna, it starts off with a voiceover that really spells it all out. So I'm just going to follow that method cool, exposition. as well. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. the voiceover is done by Diane Keaton. She explains that her four friends have been friends since 1974 and that they've been doing this monthly book club since that time. She doesn't explain the genesis of any of their friendships other than one combination were college roommates 
the rest is uh, left for us to just imagine that there were plucky young ladies in the 70s. But anyway, uh, it includes Jane Fonda, who in present day owns a very fancy hotel and is a wealthy single woman. Uh, Candace Bergen, who plays a recently divorced federal judge. Mary Steenburgen, still in love, happily married to her first love, Craig T. And Diane Keaton, recently widowed, with her family living in Arizona. And all the ladies live in L.A. I see. Uh, wait, Diane Keaton has recently come from Arizona and moved to L.A.? Uh, no, they all lived in L.A., recently widowed, daughters live in Arizona, daughters pressuring, live in Arizona. pressuring her to join her there. Okay, But so she's loose- still in L.A., okay. Yeah. And loosely speaking, we'll, let's just apply the Sex and the City tropes to these four women. Oh, Diane good point. Keaton, Diane Keaton would be the Carrie. Yes. Jane Fonda would obviously be the Samantha, the Correct. sexy single power woman. Candace Bergen, the straight-laced uh, federal judge, she'd be the... Samantha, no, the, the, the Miranda, um, the Miranda. Thank you. And Mary Steenburgen is obviously Charlotte. Charlotte. Uh, 100% correct. Perfect. Do you, <laughs> think that the, do you think that that specific discussion happened in the, in like, while writing this film? Yes. Probably did, right? 100%. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, um, okay. And I, and I, I'm sure we'll get to these characters, but glancing at this IMDB, good God, it is uh, a roster of some of the, best and most well-known actors of the last 30 years just up and yeah down. there's yeah. a lot it's a, more it's people a robust, in this movie a robust cast um so the movie uh it's an ensemble so it goes between a lot of their independent tales and then brings them together as needed i'm just gonna follow through uh best i can in similar fashion uh so I'll start with Jane Fonda. Uh, I mentioned she's a hotelier. She is in the lobby, runs into Don Johnson, who is her ex from 40 years ago. We see a brief flashback where they had a whirlwind romance culminating in his proposal over a milkshake to which she declined and they broke up, never to see each other again until this moment in the lobby. He seems uh, very calm about the reunion, um, not very tense, and he simply wants to hang out. He's in town from New York, where he lives currently. Okay. So, What's he do for a living? Uh, he's in the music biz. He was a, a young like uh, music board guy at the time. They made love on the board. Uh, and now I think he's uh, a... You mean like a sound engineer? <laughs> yeah. Not like a boardroom board? I thought yeah. you meant a boardroom guy. No, the sound board thing with I'm levels. Music board guy. That's Music great. board guy, yeah. That's yeah, what it I... says on his business card. <laughs> but now he's advanced into more a senior executive role, it would seem. The other kind of board. Yes. From yes. the board to the board. Got it. Yeah. Exactly. Um... <laughs> he puts numbers on the boards. Ooh, push up. Uh, Candace Bergen, she's a judge. She receives a call um, from her chambers, from her son. He's engaged. He's announcing that to her. She seems to have a very poor or non-existent relationship with his son, doesn't seem to even know that he had a girlfriend. And during that call, he also reveals that her ex-husband, his father, is dating a much younger woman. So she is a little bent out of shape about all of the above. Okay. Uh-huh. Do we know who plays? Is it, is it appropriate to introduce who plays the X, or is that not even a uh, thing? Uh, uh, sure, he. I don't think he's seen yet, but it's Ed Begley Jr. Begley. Right. Yeah, the Love son is Begley. played by a no name, non-factor. The, the younger woman is played by a no name. No, the son. The son. And Who's the, the younger, younger woman, like n- me, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mary Steenburgen, uh, married to Craig T. She's a chef. That's her lifelong passion. Craig T. recently retired from his corporate job, and he's in a bit of a late-stage life slump. Doesn't know what to do with himself. Not taking mm-hmm. to the retirement well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. He needs, an, he needs an outlet. Yes. He needs an outlet. Yeah. Exactly. He needs something to reinvigorate him. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Diane Keaton, as I mentioned, recently widowed. Daughters come in from Arizona. The daughters are played by Alicia Silverstone and Katie Azelton, and they are indistinguishable from each other. They both live in Arizona. I don't know what their jobs are. They're both married to boring men, and one is pregnant, one has a kid, and they have the exact same personality 
as each other. Cool. Yep. Glad there's two of them. <laughs> yep. Glad there's two of them. Yep. And they feel that Diane Keaton is no longer able to maintain her home or her life now that Dad's gone. Even though she has displayed no sign of any such weakness, they're just uh, basically hovering over her and babying her and pressuring her to move to Arizona so they can be more available to her when Wait, she inevitably you're falls saying ill. she needs to be put into a home or something? They want her to move into their home or a nearby home or a retirement home. They just don't think she can, like, maintain her house anymore by herself. Because of okay. physical limitations? Because she's old? Because she's old and the dad died. And, like, there's and no... She's, she's one person now. Yeah, but there's but no demonstrable like... reason. No, she's not sick. She's, she's not no health feeble. problems or no. dementia or anything. No. Okay, cool. Sounds like... <laughs> cool. Wonderful family. And by the way, if you think maybe eventually we will learn that she has any of those things and it's just a late reveal, no. She has no problems. <laughs> I like your style, Sam. <laughs> I don't want what, you to like, um, be formulating um, theories that are just not going to come true. No, no, I appreciate it. That was great. What does Diane Keaton do for a living? She, um, she was a homemaker. She, oh, I see. she was a homemaker. Okay. Got too much time on her hands now, maybe. Now yeah. that hubby's no longer in the picture man i really hope this homemaker can maintain her home <laughs> yeah she's a no learn a few things i hate alicia silverstone in this movie and the yeah. other one that you said yeah yeah other actress i don't know uh it's mrs mark duplass um she's in stuff yeah okay anyhow the ladies convene at their book club they're doing wild um, the Cheryl Strayed book, and they complained about it. It was a little too wildernessy for some of them. And... Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's just they just do books that are made into recent hit films. Like Correct. that's their move. Yeah, actually, that's they even say that that's their theme of the year. <laughs> they all try to buy the the edition of the book that has the movie cover instead of the original cover. I don't. I it bet, doesn't get too I deep. Bet three of them now do. a major motion picture. <laughs> I bet three of them do, but probably Candace Bergen probably tries to get an old school copy to look smart. I mean, you're giving this movie too much credit, but yeah, sure. That makes sense. That tracks. She goes to the library, you know? You gotta give us our little fantasies here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's Jane Fonda's turn to select the book for the next month. And Uh she... Do they they rotate hosting duties? Yeah, they seem to. uh it's not a big issue, is that but yeah, insignificant. Very insignificant. Our, our snacks yeah. served at the book club. Yes, uh, big spreads. Thematic snacks? Like, no, like no. There's no, there's no like bondage snacks yeah. when they get to the. Well, you can uh, get to that, I guess. No, I don't. And just a nice, like classy, rich white lady spread. Canapes. Exactly, and like champs, that kind of vibe. Fair. Um, so, yeah, Jane Fonda whips out her book. She passes it all out, Fifty Shades. They've all heard of it. They all Twitter. You know, they're a little uncomfortable with it, particularly Candace Bergen. She thinks it's not her cup of tea. Um, but Jane says, too bad. It's my choice. And I think we're all going to get a big kick out of this. I have a question. Yep. Is this book set, like, today? Or is it set closer to the release of that book? Oh, yeah. Good question. Uh, all three books exist in their time. Okay. So they're, like, a little bit behind. On, they're behind on this. They're behind, like, yeah. They're they're aware of it, but they didn't read it, none of them. Correct. Yet. Yeah. Do the movies day. exist in this world? Not a factor, but probably. Uh, it doesn't get brought up, huh? Uh, they don't watch it, and I don't think they even speak of it. That's interesting. I wonder if any of them would be the kind of type to, like, you know, cheat, like, not read the book and just... Yeah. I would think Jane Fonda would be the type, but she's the one who picks it. Okay, fair. Okay, very good. <laughs> really trying to read I'm really trying to read more into this than's actually there, I think. You're giving this movie so much more credit. Anyhow, so they all take their respective copies and uh, go on with their lives. Uh, I'll go back to their individual timelines. Jane Fonda runs into John Johnson again. They go for a nice walk. Um they end up um, frolicking in a fountain in a garden where they become what? <laughs> Just what? <laughs> and... they ju- they... Whoa, wait. That was a they... very pregnant pause. <laughs> yeah. They playfully jump in a fountain and, and frolic. Yeah, so, and like splash are, each other. Sometimes, 
sometimes I don't know if it's like a Samantha euphemism or if you literally mean frolicking. <laughs> no, they are literally frolicking and splashing okay. around and uh, having a real childlike time, but it's suggestive okay. as they are wet. Um, Can I make a request? I, I have one one request. I think this is important. Um, just like periodically, and I might bring this up again, could you let us know sort of as a barometer what the feeling in the cinema was at a particular moment and also how your mom was reacting? Yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah, I want to know where Mama Herman is I mean, of at. course, you're, yourself as well, but, you know. Uh, we didn't really really talk too much during. I can tell you how she felt at the end, which was okay. Okay, poor. But right. uh... <laughs> <laughs> She felt poorly. Poorly, She felt yes. poor. Yes. She was poor because she paid for a ticket. And <laughs> no, now she I paid for it. Poorer. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Wow. Yeah, Mother's Day, well, baby. Ha- um, right, right, right. Happy Mother's Day, Leslie. <laughs> yeah. I am poor for having watched this. Thank you. Yeah. So, Thank you, daughter. <laughs> Thank you, daughter. Anyhow, he retrieves a wish penny from the fountain, gives it to her. They're gabbing, and she says um, later to the group when she's recounting this, and they're asking, like, how's the reunion been? You seem to be getting along. She says, I never have sex with people I actually like. It's too dramatic. So that's her stance. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sure. Uh, Got it. Candace Bergen stalks her ex, Ed Begley Jr., online to see what he's up to, to check in mm-hmm. on the younger woman, um, decides to join Bumble. And, and, like, the way they show Bumble on her desktop is in no way actually how it functions because she's able to, like, look at his profile kind of like a Facebook. It's very weird, but it really is the Bumble logo. But anyway, she joins and takes, like, this really heinous selfie of herself wearing, like, a mud mask and doesn't fix it and just leaves that. And <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's kind yeah. of funny. Uh, and then she takes her cat to the vet, and um, it's a nice little scene where there's some accidental um, pussy euphemism wordplay misunderstandings where she thinks the vet is asking about her poor sex life when the vet is really asking about why the cat is in the dumps and like having like low energy and is the misunderstanding because the vet uses the word pussy no it's just candace reading into her own self-reflection because they're all as you recall midway through the book so sex is on the line oh i see i see the vet, this is very important for me. <laughs> the vet, does, does the vet, does or does not the vet use the word pussy? Um, I don't think so. Okay, okay. So so Candace Bergen just kind of goes with it. She She's deep into Fifty Shades and she's just, she's letting her mind run with softer words. Okay. Yeah, I, and the cat, I, I has, to know yeah, the cat has symptoms of malaise that are mirroring Candace Bergen's own lethargic and lack of social life attitude. Got it. Yep. So she comes <sighs> out of the vet, she comes out of the vet's office and she's like, Whoa, I got to get a grip. Like, yeah, I can't even like get through a vet meeting without thinking it's sexual. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, something okay. is, something <laughs> is awakening within her. Yes. We can say. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, back to Steenbergen. She runs a charity talent show um, for like a food drive that she's part of. And she announces to Craig T that she has enrolled them in the talent show and has enrolled them in dance class to prepare for it. He is not happy, but she thinks it's going to be a fun way for them to enjoy his downtime and to really reconnect. Oh, God. <laughs> Sounds like they communicate really well. <laughs> yep. So what kind of a Craig T have we got here? Like, is it like grumpy, like overly masculine misogynist Craig T? Is it jovial but withdrawn Craig T? What kind of Craig T have we got? Kind of like a little bit of both. It's like grumpy, masculine. He's okay with his own his own company he doesn't see any of the problems in the relationship but he is down in the dumps because he's not facing his retirement properly not really misogynistic um but not jovial so he's like spending a lot of time in front of his large tv watching sports and stuff right at the moment Um, and kind of just like being bored we'll get to that but he starts refurbishing his old motorcycle that's how he spends his time yeah that happens a bit later i see 
Yeah. I have one more question. Yep. Do we have are there scenes in this movie of just like whichever of the four of them just like reading the book and like reacting to it? Yes. Like like yelping or like or like I don't fanning know, like fanning themselves with the yeah, exactly. of the book. Like who yeah. yeah, like all of that. Yeah, they're like into it at first. Are Candace they all Bergen's, like, equally she into it, it or like reacting the same way? Um, like Candace Bergen's the most reticent and she like struggles to pick it up and get into it. And then she just gets into it. Um, uh, in particular, in our next sequence, Diane Keaton's reading it on the plane as she's okay. going to fly to Arizona to visit the daughters, a very nervous flyer. Um, and she expresses that nervousness to her seatmate played by Andy Garcia and, oh shit! Yeah, um, she is so nervous that she, um, without realizing it, grabs his penis. What? Okay. Again, we have to have a drill <laughs> so down. I, I guess we've moved on with the with story here, but straight to that. Um, it's not in a sexual way. I... She's just nervous, and she like reaches out and like grabs hold of whatever, kind of oh. like you would grab someone's hand, but she grabs his junk. I would assume like, that there's at least an armrest between and his thigh between. <laughs> there's a whole between seat her between and his, them. His there's, a, there's a whole seat between them. They have a three row and it's just the two of them. But she still oh. grabs a hold. There's a and, seat between them. Yes. And so she seat. leans to the side <laughs> and gets a handful of dong. Correct. It's, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is true. Is Andy Garcia's penis just like so big that it's resting on the adjacent? <laughs> <laughs> I can only assume that's in the extended DVD cut. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's okay. Okay. All right. So, so okay. So, all right. Mm, uh, okay. So, uh, they, they sit down. She says something about being nervous. They have a little small chat back and forth. I'm sure he's friendly and charming, but kind of keeps to himself. All of that. Then, and he notices that she's they, reading they take Fifty off. Shades. Yep. They, he comments on the book. Maybe she's like, haha, it's for my book club. Uh, and then, when they're taking off or something, she just like, she's like, and leans over and just grabs. Yes. It's yes. like you see it. It's like you were there. <laughs> but like, you got it. I'm going to make an assumption here. And that is that these two, they stay in touch post flight. Not exactly. Let me get okay. there for you. Please so, continue. Uh, get there. She's in Arizona. Mary Steenbergen is so into so the they book. They say goodbye. They're like, he's like, cool. Uh, no, no problem. You grabbed it. See you later. <laughs> I mean, they saw the whole flight, so I guess they chat during. We don't really see much more after the okay. junk. But then she's just there. Yeah. yeah, she's just on her trip. They okay. don't really part ways in this specific way. Um, okay. So, Steenbergen is so into the book that she calls everyone and demands that they have an emergency book club meeting sooner than their monthly appointed date. Because That's she a Charlotte thing to do. Really wants to get into it. Um, oh, you have a point. Yeah. So, Diane Keaton flies home. Back from her, not because of this emergency, but her weekend's over. She's flying back home. It would be better home. if she rebooked her flight. <laughs> it would be amazing. Sorry, uh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have a nursery book club to get to. I have more important things to do. <laughs> I got dongs to grab and books to talk about. <laughs> Normally we meet monthly, but we're so lusty. We're, we're being thrown into this lusty frenzy that we have to meet sooner. I feel that my life is changing. <laughs> Sorry, daughters. <laughs> nondescript indistinguishable daughters whose names I have never said aloud during the film because it matters nothing <laughs> and think I belong in a home yeah. fuck you both I'm going to go to an emergency book club <laughs> meeting instead I'm going to go get it all that so uh. on her flight home she is summoned to the front of the plane and the flight attendant starts asking her like very specific questions that are beyond what a flight attendant would need to know, such as her phone number and email address and like favorite things. And just as you're wondering, like what gives out from the cockpit comes, you guessed it, Andy Garcia, he's a pilot. And he was just on her flight the first time as a passenger. Yeah. (laughs) Who's deadheading it. That's a, that's an industry term. I didn't know that. That's what that's called. That's what it's called when a pilot takes a flight to another city that they have to do a flight from. Interesting. That's a deadhead flight. Uh, I've never heard that term yeah. before. I, mm. I've, I recently rewatched Catch Me If You Can. Hmm. Hmm. Good film. Yeah, good film. Not as good as this film, but a good film. <laughs> I beg to differ. 
<laughs> it has more plain play in it than this film, so I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, mm-hmm. Um, Andy Garcia asks her out. She's flummoxed. She's not gone on a date since the passing of her husband, but she does agree. Um, back at the emergency book club meeting, the gals talk about their sex lives and how Bergen is totally celibate after her divorce, and it's been years, and she's okay with it, and Jane Fonda obviously has the opposite stance that she should, you know, clean up the cobwebs and go for it. And, uh, like they're all more so, but more so she's, but Jane Fonda's more on that, like just sex for sex's sake, like emotionless, just like, yeah, exactly. And like very supportive of her joining the online and very supportive of Diane Keaton going on the date. And, Mary Steenbergen reveals that Craig T isn't giving it up, and she doesn't know why. But it's been months, which is unusual for them. Mm. Mm. So that's their their uh, love statuses. They begin book two. Can I make a? I have a prediction about Andy Garcia. I feel like later they're, they're going to be on a flight where he's going to be the pilot, and he's going to make some sort of flirtatious announcement over the loudspeaker about Steenbergen. I'm sorry about, uh, to sorry disappoint about you. What's, about Diane Keaton. The movie isn't even good enough to do that. It's <sighs> crazy. That would have been good, though, right? It would have been good. That yeah. would have been good. Uh, it happens in my version, Chris. So thank <laughs> good. You. Um, like like he question. starts really flat, like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just some uh, update from the flight deck, and then he gets into some thing about a beautiful woman on the plane or something. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that it's all that there. Good. does not happen. That is good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I have a question about the book club logistics because it's a rotating thing and each person selects a book is, is 50 shades of gray just so impactful for them that it's just unanimously like, there's no question. Our next book is the next 50 shades book. Yeah. Steenborg has brought books to for everyone and they're just continuing. It's on. Yeah. That's it. So the book clubs off the rails, basically. <laughs> totally off the rails. Yeah. 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 That's it's become a Fifty Shades text. Club. It's yeah. become a horniness club. <laughs> yep. We guys, we gotta read the second one. We gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. Did anyone know. bring up anything other than, like, uh, any other than the 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 feelings that it, it was giving them? No, they don't talk? really extrapolate anything about the book in particular at all. Never anything about the S and M stuff. It's just what? more that it's like a sexy book. They don't get into any specifics. They don't really get into the characterizations of the book. It's like it's such a vague use of the book that it may as well be any nondescript romance novel. So it's, it should okay. have been. They should have gone with a nondescript romance novel. Yes. Quite frankly, yes. But this if they movie would have made it, one then... quarter of the money. Yeah, because yeah. like you said, it's all about memes, pop culture, self-reference. Yeah. This hey, do you know this thing? Here's another thing that mentions that thing. Yeah, it's yeah. You know this thing, men- and I know that you know this thing. So let's acknowledge that we both know this thing. Great. Uh, give me money. Um yeah. They don't oh, wait, mention the S and M. Like not really. Like I think they know what happens, but it does not like have an impact on them at all. Like it does not come into play for their lives. They don't really discuss it. Yeah, it's like super vague use of the source material. It's just that, oh, women like having sex. We're women. That's crazy. Yeah. The fact that they don't miss, mention the S&M or that it's not brought in thematically is like maybe the worst part that I've heard about all of this well, so far. That, that, um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Agreed. I had a conversation with Adam, who you both know, and he yeah. he saw the film. And he, he was like, how come you aren't doing this for your podcast? I'm like, we are. We just haven't done it yet. And that was his main grievance. Like, he was shocked that mm-hmm. the s part was not more involved. Like, it, he was angered by it. That was his it's number one gotta, grievance. Someone's got to pull out a pair of handcuffs or a whip or something at some yeah, point. Yeah, does, their... does not happen. What the hell? <laughs> Even just some playful leather belt play. Anything. Even if they're turned down. It's the defining reason that the book became famous. Without the bondage, it's just like every other Harlequin novel ever made. Yeah, the closest bondage... we get is the motorcycle kind of paraphernalia, but it doesn't get used. Okay, just, yeah, right. let's just keep this rolling. All right. Okay, all right, <laughs> book club. We're in a book club. We're, we're g- generally horny because of a book that's about something, something hetero stuff i'll yeah. tell you i'm i'm hanging on right now because i when i look in the mb 
IMBD uh, cast, I see Wallace is Sean's name, and I'm just <laughs> waiting for that. Like, I'm really just... It was like me with Aguilera last time, yeah. Yeah, this is my Aguilera this time (laughs) Also Dreyfus. Um, Dreyfus comes in hot right now. Richard D, Dickie D. Dickie um, D. (laughs) Bergen has her first Bumble date. It's with Richard Dreyfus. And you wanted me to um, catch you you up on (laughs) Dickie D, on uh, like audience feelings. This when he appeared, and this includes oh. me, this is the one and only time where I felt like a groundswell of excitement within the theater. Uh-huh. He's a titan of the industry, Dickie <laughs> D. He really was. Anyway. Uh, I'm a fan. So the, so the crowd loved it. He yeah. came on screen and the crowd loved it. crowd loved it, yeah. including me. He has a date with Candace Bergen. It goes pretty well. Like, she's nervous, but all things considered, they're having a nice conversation. He's a lawyer. She's a judge. They're, the conversation's flowing. He escorts her to her car, and he says, I don't know if you want to get together again, but I was just wondering if I might be able to give you a goodnight kiss. Very sweet. Um, respectful. Very respectful. And all of a sudden, they are humping in the backseat of her car. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because Candace Bergen had the pent-up sexual energy. Yeah. And yep. uh, and he got his consent. They're <laughs> yep. both in the legal profession. <laughs> yep. He got that cleared up. He's Dickie D. <laughs> and uh, they went for it. Yep. Uh, car. Now let's get back to the car humping specifically. Did they, did they drive the car to a more uh, remote location or is it? No, they do not. a restaurant. Yes, okay. that is right. It's parked okay. out front of a restaurant. Yes. That's risky behavior for a judge. <laughs> yep, and it doesn't look too dark out. But yeah, they emerge from the car, uh, like lipstick askew, clothes untucked, and part ways after a wonderful evening. Love it. That's the best scene in the movie so far. <laughs> oh, so he like gets in his own car and drives home? Yep. That's pimp. <laughs> he they, slays. He they, slays. Is, he's like, is he like, I'll call you or whatever? Nope. No. Cool. <laughs> He slays. Dreyfus slays. I love Dickie it. D got in, got out. <laughs> yeah. Got it in. Can I ask one thing? I want to like extra spoil something here. Is he in the movie after this? Kind of. Damn it. I, th- I was hoping he just would be gone. <laughs> yeah, that would have been incredible. What a yeah. choice that would have been. Yeah. He's just this Bumble player. He just runs Bumble <laughs> and just gets it. Yeah. <clears throat> that would have been incredible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this movie just got better. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. It was a highlight for me. So back to the guy in Keaton. She's preparing for a date with Andy Garcia. The girls are all over, helping her pick her outfit. And he arrives, and it's like a cute high schooler girl scene where, like, they're all peering from the window as he comes at the front, and he notices them, and they have to hide, and shenanigans. Um, Is he in a pilot uniform? No, he's in, like, regular handsome yeah. man yeah. clothes. And he's a handsome man. Yes. They have a great time. And, sure, and he's cocky, right? Like, not cocky, but he brings that Garcia swag, right? He's playing big-time a pilot. Big-time swag. Big-time okay, big swag. Time swag. Yeah. Like, the bedroom yeah, like, eyes and the smooth like, talking. But not in a way that made me uncomfortable. It was just, like, no. she... She's the more hesitant one, and he's just like, but I'm me. Like, what's yeah. up? Why wouldn't Perfect. he want to go out with me? Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to go with you, so well. cool. Got it. Um, so, yeah, they have a great time. He asks when she'll be back in Arizona because that's his home base. He just is in the L.A. area on occasion um, through his piloting routes. Sure, sometimes on a deadhead flight, <laughs> yeah. as I hear it's called. <laughs> yeah. For example. Yep. Um, and she doesn't know. She's like, I'll let you know if I get there again. Back to Jane Fonda. She shows Don Johnson her secret rooftop uh, at the top of the hotel, which is kind of her, like, private oasis. It's got, like, a chaise lounge set up. She goes up there to reflect, read, what have you, and usually typically does not bring anyone up there. So she's really uh, revealing something about herself to Don Johnson by bringing him up there. And they sleep together on the chaise, but not sex. Mm -hmm. Physically sleep mm. in each other's arms, which is something that oh, she's... Oh, it was nighttime when they went up there. Yeah. And she okay. is um, very scared off by that. It's much too intimate for what she's too used intimate. to. Too intimate, right, right, right. Can I ask you, um, what's Don Johnson's facial hair situation? Um, <laughs> I think it was clean. 
I think, yeah, it was clean. So I'll just cut to, yeah, Mother Herman's assessment of the whole movie, which was, I hated that movie. God, John Johnson looks phenomenal. See, that's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for right there. Leslie, cut into the chase. That, I'm not kidding. That was it. Those are her two comments. Beautiful. I love that there's there's a mini DJ renaissance happening right now, and it's, Really exciting. It's you know really what's exciting. Interesting that I didn't even think of while I watched the movie, which is his real daughter plays the Fifty Shades. Oh my god! Lead right. in in the Fifty Shades movies. Oh. So meta. He, she plays that, who? That just, that just adds to Chris's um, Hall of Mirrors meta analysis. Yeah, she's the lead, his daughter is the lead in Fifty Shades movie series. Yeah. Dakota Johnson. Uh, yeah. Uh, so many go. layers. That sounds like it wasn't a mistake that he was in this film. <laughs> yeah. It's, ne- it's never, well, it's never a mistake once you've cast Don Johnson. You've, yeah, you've that's true. I'm sorry. I take that back. That was uncalled for. Uh, okay. So, Steenbergen, she finds Craig T working on his motorcycle in the garage. She tries to flirt with him and makes a series of suggestive lube and chassis and like undercarriage type of jokes that he does not <laughs> notice or respond to in any way. <laughs> All three of those terms are great, by the way. <laughs> Lube this chassis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. On my undercarriage. <laughs> yep. I don't get it. What but are you trying to say? Doesn't take. He's um, no. like, can you have me that wrench? <laughs> Basically, yeah. He Craig does T's not like, notice at all. Craig T's like, you don't lube an undercarriage, you fucking idiot. <laughs> hey, get yeah, the hell out of here. <laughs> Turn the Skinnerd back on and get the hell out of here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, back to Candace Bergen. She makes a joke that she's going to need a bigger back seat, so she's all about it. Um, oh. And she goes out on her next Bumble date with, wait for it, you've been waiting, Mr. Wallace Shawn. Yes. And... Inconceivable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Unfortunately for her, it's ill-timed because as she's waiting for him to show up, she first runs into Ed Begley Jr. and his new fiance, um, and then while Sean shows up and finds her, and she has to kind of play like it's not a first bumble day because she wants Ed Begley uh, to think that it's a little more established and that she's not mm-hmm. doing this, and it's a little awkward. And they invite and they're, the they're bo- all in the same restaurant eat, eating at separate tables. <laughs> they're yeah, they're like standing at the bar waiting for tables when they all convene, okay. and. Um, Classic. Yeah, they invite both her and Wallachon to the joint engagement party of themselves and the son and his fiance, and it's like Oy. it's very awkward. They invite, they invite Candace. He invites Bergen his ex, yes, to the engagement party of their son. Yes, it's like she has no relationship with her own son. It's very what? weird. Oh, thanks for inviting me to my son's engagement party. Yeah, and their engagement Begley. party. Like, Begley and the fiancé, joint oh, engagement. A, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's why? Maybe. Oh, my God. Mm. This is... Um, um, did, did, of... did, did Wallace Shawn, like, play along? Like, did he totally pick up on the fact that he was like, yeah, sure, yeah, hey, we've been going out for a while? No, he does not pick up on any of it, but he still oh. is really into being invited and wants to go. <laughs> so, so what's his that. angle is he like a bumbling idiot kind yeah. of thing or is he yeah and he okay. like offers to dj the party like he's just like <laughs> he's well, that's that's great yeah. i want to know everything that he does in this movie no, please skip nothing that Wallace sean says or does i mean that's that's pretty much the long and short of it is oh. he like is he like angelic and in no way sexual yes okay. oh. Oh, i was hoping he'd be horny <laughs> he's probably like, yeah, just a little too. i don't I'm sure he is, but it's not really a plot It's point. not overt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, back to Chris's review we? of this film. I was hoping Wallace Shawn would be horny. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> uh, oh, Jane man. Fonda gives Mary Steenburgen some Viagra that she suggests she slip to Craig T. So hold Here on we... to that. Fact Here we go. Um, yeah. Now, back to Keaton, Diane Keaton. She goes to visit the daughters again, and they continue to baby her and, like, really get up her crop. They go to a mall and, like, make her sit in the food court. They're like, it's too strenuous for you to come upstairs and, like, go to the shop. Like, we'll come and get you. Like, it's insane the way they treat her. She's not feeble at all. What the hell kind of... Ch- okay, we've established Kate. that they're terrible, but okay, fine. 
she needs to like hit them or something like just establish dominance yeah Yeah. what does she even say she was like i'm fine like kind of like passively playing it off she totally goes along with everything they're saying like she doesn't commit to moving to arizona but she doesn't get angry she's not like get off my back she's like okay uh, that's fine Uh." it's a shame because it's diane keaton like fucking yeah it's not like it's like one of the most like handle her own business women in movies ever like yeah she handles nothing um, but odd. she does receive a call from Andy Garcia, letting and they let each other know that they're both in the Arizona Sedona region. And she fakes an emergency that she has to go back to LA, skips out on the daughters, and actually is picked up in secret by Andy Garcia at the airport, which is crazy too. She has to like go to such lengths to get away from her daughters that she fakes going home, and they drop her off at the airport, and then she slips off. Yeah, she should be like, I'm, I'm going to see go- Andy Garcia. I'm going to go meet my lover. I'm going to go meet <laughs> Bye. my lover. Also, I dislike both of you intensely. <laughs> Bye. Yep. Bye. You owe your whole lives to me. Bye. Yep. They're not lovers yet, but they are during the next sequence in Sedona. Um, mm. She goes to his home, and he has, like, this huge, like, mountain mansion. It's, like, gorgeous. And uh, apparently he, like, invented some sort of, like, patentable like innovation that are used in all airplanes and so he's just like mad rich and single what did he invent i don't know like some doohickey thing that is good for airplane technology didn't make a big fuss over it he's just rich it's not a science film jeremy (laughs) (laughs) yep so yeah they have a swinging time in sedona and uh get into it Back to Mary Steenburgen and Craig. Sorry, where do they? Where, I'm sorry, a very important question. Where do they bone? At his home, but they really like the movie. No, but where? Just, they don't even really yeah. show it. I guess. Oh. I think the bed. I don't know. Like it's a very okay. chaste movie, all things considered. <sighs> like there's not yeah, love making scenes. It's all okay. like aftermath and like post coital discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. <clears throat> um. S- sorry for that. I started to be so <laughs> crass. I just. <laughs> I did want to know. I, I wish I could tell you. I want to see that version. Um, anywho, so Mary Steenburgen and Craig T are at dinner, and she secretly puts the bagger in his drink. They're not having a great time. She's kind of pressuring him about the state of their romance, and he's just like, mm-hmm. whatever, like, it's fine. Like, I have no problems with it. Like, get off my back, and... They're arguing in the car after dinner, and they get pulled over because he has sprouted a Viagra-induced boner and starts, like, driving erratically. That's not why they get pulled over, surely. No, he starts driving erratically because he gets the boner. Uh, Wait, what? The boner started, forced him to drive erratically. Like it got in the way of the steering wheel? I think he just, no, he's just, like, surprised by it, because I guess it's, uh, sudden? Yeah. So wait, so, okay, hold on. So, like, just one point, point of order here, Your Honor. Um, you she the puts the Viagra in his drink and then at the same moment decides to pick a fight with him about the state of their sex life. I don't think she picks it. It just happens in the car. As if to set the mood for when the Viagra kicks in. And I think, actually, he must realize that she did that and he's upset. Yeah, he yeah, well, realizes that she <laughs> drugged him, and that's the point of the fight. And he's driving erratically. They have pulled over, and uh, but the cop's really nice about it. He has to get out of the car, and Boner, probably the one from the trailer. Do um, they show like like a, like a a tent in the pants? Yes. Okay. There is a tent shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but the cop's the cop... cool about it. She's like, "Have a good night," and like kind of winks at Mary Steenburgen. Oh, a lady cop. Lady cop. Yeah. Okay. And they get back, yeah, they get back in the car and continue fighting. And he's like, I don't know why you're dragging me to this dance class that I don't want to do. Like, that's not my thing. You're just pressuring me into like doing all this crap that I don't want to do. And you're being weird and like bossy about my sexuality and making me feel like diminished. And they come to no conclusion and they're fighting. Um, and that's it. They do not utilize his boner, if that's what you're asking. Okay. If, if anything, it interfered with his driving. <laughs> yeah. Safety first, guys. Uh, safety first, guys. Um, I don't okay. even have any questions. Yeah, I, don't, I really thought that scene was going to go differently from the trailer. I mean, makeup sex? Nope. 
No nope. sex. Nope. Hey, here okay. it is in the trailer. This is all we got. This is our best joke, and it turns into nothing. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, bold choice. Bold, bold storytelling <laughs> choice. I can't wait to see what else goes on with that. Wait, one. sorry. I, hope able to I do have right. one question. They, they were on the way to their dance class? No, the they dinner? just were arguing about it. Just like, oh, why okay. are you making me say. do all this stuff that yeah, I That could have been in. so good, though. Boner at the dance class. Could've Boner been. at the dance class. Yeah. That at least that. That would have been a lot of fun. It would have been a more chaste way to use that as a story, you know? Yeah, and then, like, at first, he's super self-conscious because he's at a dance class with a boner, but, like... Then he rocks it. But then he starts to rock it, and he starts to get in touch with his sexual energy, and by the end, he's just, like, loving it and dancing with a boner, but free. Yeah, and everyone like, else is everyone else has stopped dancing and is watching and clapping. <laughs> and he's, yes. like, communicating through the language of dance and bonerness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, then they get it, and then they get it on in the car afterwards. <sighs> yep, in the grand tradition of Cadis Bergen and Dickie D. But no, none of that happens. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we're spinning gold over here, and this movie's giving me nothing. Yeah, I think we need to represent Craig T. Nelson, because if we did, that scene would have been written into the script. <laughs> Otherwise, no we're here right now. If he were here right now, he'd be like, you guys have boner insights that nobody involved with this movie had. Yep. I want you to represent me. Um, <laughs> okay. And have they... He's complaining about the dance class. Have they gone to one yet? Or they is have. it still a looming? Uh, no, they have. They have and like, it, but nothing much happens at it. They just—they're not connecting. They can't dance together. They can't communicate together. It's just everything's stale. Yep. I assume it's a ballroom sort of dance. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a half salsa, half ballroom. All right. Anywho, Cadis Bergen deactivates her Bumble. She's put off. Had the one great day with Diggy D, then had the one awkward encounter with. While Sean and the ex, and she's just so deflated by that that she deactivates it and calls it a day. But while Sean is is going to be her date to her child's engagement party, <laughs> he's not. He's going to DJ. He not? He's going to no, DJ. He's not. He should be, but he's not. Uh, wow. Talk yeah. about a letdown for him. I know. Um, back to Diane Keaton. The daughters realize that she didn't get home to LA, and they become frantic. They call the police and report her missing. The police track her down oh. through GPS, and they all drive to Sedona to confront Andy Garcia. They find them lounging together in the pool and freak out at her and realize that she has a swaggy lover. And instead of getting mad at the daughters for interfering in her life, she ends things with Andy Garcia and, like, completely admits defeat. Like, this is too hard. I can't have this relationship with this man because it's interfering with my... uh, daughters my family (laughs) life yeah it's just too much it's too embarrassing um you're too much for me i am not virile enough for i don't know i don't know but she's like i can't do this Uh, it's too complicated and i need to go with them okay well okay uh, (laughs) all right i okay sure (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm not. I'm not even going to comment on it. How long has she been widowed? Maybe that'll help understand her psyche. Within the year. Okay, that's pretty recent. Yeah. Right. But she that also reveals earlier in the movie, I believe, to Andy Garcia that the daughters have idealized their father, and actually, they didn't have that great of a marriage. They were more just partners of convenience, and so she kind of mourned the romance predating his death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. she is more ready for love. She's more ready for love, but it does help explain a bit why she's so uh, conscientious about her daughter's opinions yes. and feelings. Okay. And why Garcia's aforementioned swagginess <laughs> hasn't completely won her over uh, to sort of overcome her daughter's objections to her erratic yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This guy came in dick first, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, okay, they That's all start Jeremy's book review three. of this film. <laughs> three stars. Andy Garcia in in those square brackets came in dick first, literally three stars. Yep. <laughs> they all start book three. Jane Fonda's back with Don Johnson. He says to her, uh, "I'll admit it. Like I'm really feeling that the past is back between us. I've missed you all these years. I want." I want more than just this, like, casual flirtation. I want everything. I want to really be with you. And she is so traumatized by that that she just completely calls it all off. Yep. 
I hate everybody in and this movie. He is poised to go back to New York. The girls rush to her aid at the hotel. She's like a hot mess. She's like not the Jane Fonda that we've seen the whole movie in her like leather boots and polished perfect makeup. She's just like ratty and disheveled. Um, and they they have a chat and they get her to reveal that she was just too scared, but actually she does feel the same way as him and they encourage her to chase him to the airport, which she does, but she arrives too late. Are they still in book two? They've started started book three. three. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, Diane Keaton packs up her house and sells it. It's very abrupt. I don't know how she's able to do that in like three days, but she does and she's (laughs) like ready to move to Arizona and like every like the signs out front, like everything's done. Sales happening. Expedited. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, it's the night of Mary Steenburgen's performance, her charity night that she was supposed to do the dance at. Um, it's Diane Keaton's like last night in town, so she's gonna go and celebrate that with Steenbergen. Fonda's missing it because she's in chase en route to the airport. Bergen is there. Um so Craig T does not show up at first and she starts doing a solo number of tap and just tries to like get through on her own and like salvage the What's night. What's the song? I don't remember what she starts off to, but Craig T does show up on a motorcycle that he like drags in and changes the song to Meatloaf. He 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 enters stage left <laughs> on motorcycle? Not even stage like Auditorium. He drives into the. Yeah. <laughs> he drives down the aisle on a motorcycle. He doesn't drive. He's like holding it, like at the side. Like rolled it in. Yeah, that's lame. <laughs> you can't walk the motorcycle in. That's a missed opportunity. He's got to be revving that shit. Got to fucking ride it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like but in still, like a full I mean... like motorcycle get up, and they finish the dance together to Meatloaf. Meatloaf, what? I would do anything. I would do anything. Yeah. Romantic, okay. romantic, romantic. Was romantic. Yeah. Was romantic. I, was I feel maybe, like you yeah. need a more upbeat number for a motorcycle entrance. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what does get upbeat is in the midst of it, he sprouts a legit non-Vagra boner, uh, and they what? retire for the evening and make love. Finally, how do you wait? How does do you the notice? audience notice it? Yeah, how do you know that he did that? That another he, one tented the another tent shot. I don't think the audience sees. <laughs> was he wearing chaps? Uh, I think he's wearing jeans. Hmm. But no chaps so, over jeans. I don't how remember, of, but... From a storytelling perspective, how out of nowhere was this? Like, did this seem earned? Did we see that he was coming around to to giving uh, her what she needed? No, or like, absolutely what? not. After the first Viagra boner, and like he slept on the couch that night, and there was just tension between them, I don't think they were in a scene together between Maybe. that and this. Yeah. And then it's just motorcycle tent popping. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that was the rejected title for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> motorcycle tent popping. Three stars. Jeremy Knight. God, I would have seen it. I think they would have made an extra twenty million dollars if they had called it that. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, he is Craig T. You know, like yeah, he's Craig he can char- he can charm whoever he wants. Really, I, I would assume. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's just um, he's a bad boy. This is no, yeah. Craig T. I'm sure did all the heavy lifting. I mean, uh, he's had two boners in this movie. How many other boners have there been? None. None. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only criticizing the storytellers here, but uh, they deserve it. But Craig T.'s Craig T. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so he's all in leather and he carries her off. Yep. When they do the dance, and he has a boner. Um, Candace Bergen goes to the joint engagement (laughs) party, and it's super weird. She like doesn't talk to her own son ever. It's, like, so creepy the way they don't have a relationship. But in the midst of the party, she makes this really out of character and really meandering and weird toast about the word love and how you give the word love its own meaning based on your own whatever, your own experience. Your own, it's, Ugh. like, it was it made no sense. But yeah. mm-hmm. that was, that like, no sense. her uh, catharsis. And Ooh. that happens. And... Okay, back to Jane Fonda. Did she get a standing ovation or anything? It is well received, but not by me. Um, I see. Yeah, that was clear. <laughs> Jane Fonda, back from the chase of the airport. So, like, everything's happening in the same night, I guess. The engagement party and the dance and the chase. 
As you do. Yeah. Jane Fonda mm-hmm. comes back to the hotel, goes up to her roof, Oasis, and he's there. He didn't leave oh. after all. Did she? And he was like, I won't tell her this. I won't communicate with her through smartphone technology that we all have. <laughs> I'll just go to where I know she'll end up. Yeah, where she'll end up in the next three to seven days. I'm sure she'll come <laughs> up here. <laughs> I'll, I'll set up camp here. Bring a few Red Bulls and a yeah. bucket. I mean, I guess it's a hotel. I can get a room if I need to. Because, yeah, this could take three to seven days, as you say. Presumably, yep. he also has rooftop access somehow. <laughs> yeah, yep. So stupid. Yep. Cool. But so... again, Don John. Can't really do any wrong. Don't blame yeah. you, Don. DJ, don't, you're cool. Don't blame him. Thrilled and delighted to see him up there. Yeah. Um, he says, I came back to return your wish penny, if you recall, that he had taken from the fountain in their earlier frolicking scene. And... I had forgotten, but... um. Who cares? Yeah. I didn't even listen about that part, but yeah, okay. <laughs> and he says, well, why did you chase me? And she says, I chase you to retrieve my wish penny, which between the two of them is their their love language. That's how they say, like, they're all in. It's through the, through the penny metaphor. Yeah. Or symbol. Okay. Yep. So they're together. Back to Steenbergen and Craig T. They're humping. Doesn't <laughs> Nicely introduced. Yep. Um, this is all just wrap up. up. Like the movie's like basically up. done. Uh, yeah, like they're humping. End of Steenbergen and Craig T. Like marriage at, back at on home. track. They're at home. At humping. home. Non Vagra. It's all legit. Yep. Um, back to Candace Bergen. Good. Her cat has kind of like perked up as she has perked up, and she get re- it. Yep. She reactivates her bumble, and her first match is a rematch with Dickie D. Dickie, mother F and D. Yeah, so presumably oh, oh. she's going to give him another roll around the hay, and maybe take it seriously this time because he was a nice guy. Interesting, and that's where they end her storyline. Yep. Just on the on the hope that she, we we don't need to know who she ends up with, but she's getting back in the game. Back in the game, and maybe it'll be Dickie D. Did, like he, like, did he, I like, did he, like, drop, drop her a final message, like, you up? No. <laughs> no, they just rematch. Damn it. Okay. I like that a lot. That didn't bother me. I did like that. Um, then, finally, back to Diane Keaton. She's with the daughters. She's, like, in the midst of moving in with them. She has U-hauled her life to Arizona. Uh, she arrives with, you know, like, the back trailer-style U-haul on the car. Yep. And... Uh-huh. Finally, she says, you need to stop coddling me. Uh, I don't need to be babied. I'm not as old or as incompetent as you think. And by the way, I'm going to give things a whirl with the special man that has given me a lot of fun and a lot of attention. Peace. So she drives to Sedona with the U-Haul, shows up at Andy Garcia's front door, and I guess she's homeless because <laughs> <laughs> she has sold home in L.A. She... So she yep. pulls up, like, basically ready to move in, uninvited? Yes. Yeah. That's a bold one. <laughs> yep. Bold one. Does he open the door and welcome her inside? Yeah, I think he even comments, he's like, what, it's that? But, it, like, not in a bad way. It's just kind of flirty. End movie. I'd be like, we went on, like, two dates. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Slow, There's a U-Haul on my street. <laughs> slow your roll, bitch. <laughs> yep. Wow. Uh, wow! 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 <laughs> was there wait, a post, what post to the credits club? scene? Yeah, what happens to the book club? Nothing. Oh, they have their last one, I think, and they say like, oh, "I can't believe we're not going to have this anymore because you're moving, Diane Keaton." I love yeah. this book series. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everybody should read this book series, <laughs> in my opinion. Yes, I agree. What was it called again? <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, basically. Great. Great. Every, this has really improved my life as a woman. Yes, me too. We don't establish, we don't establish is it clear that the book club was now ended because Diane Keaton has left the group? I think the rest will continue on. But they don't cover that, eh? Not really. And they don't That's cover cool. it doesn't like... matter. It's not like the title of the movie is Book Club. <laughs> They'll pick Jeez. it up in the sequel. Oh my god. I would have thought there would have been an end credit scene and she Skypes in and they start talking about a new book. That does not happen. Oh, my God. It's like they don't even care about books. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate this. 
thought this was a literary film. I mean, just say the word book. Like, give just pay some lip service to the fact that the book, that the book club was the title of the movie. Like, I don't know. Oh. Um, I, I wish I could lost. help you, but I'm cold and I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh my. I hope you were able to rescue Mother's Day after this. Uh, what did yeah. you guys do after? Um, her mom hasn't spoken to her since. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if she it was, was like, actually Mother's Day. She was like, Don Johnson, woo-wee, see you later, Sam. Well, and there was a group of three women of contemporary age of hers sitting in front of us, and she said, uh-huh. you should interview them for your podcast, because I told her we were going to do this movie, and I said, no, that's not really part How of it. it. And yep. But she still approached all of them. And... Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah, this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, are you guys in a book club? And they said... <laughs> <laughs> are you guys in a book club? And they oh. were. They were. And... <laughs> Can I join? I'll be your fourth. <laughs> and she said, what do you think of the movie? I'm here with my daughter. You seem to be enjoying it at the beginning, but not so much at the end. What are your thoughts? And they agreed with everything she said. God, I love Leslie. <laughs> Sorry, circling back, how did things wrap up with uh, Bagley and and his young lady? Like, fine. There was no tension from their perspective. It was okay. only from Candace Bergen that felt uncomfortable uh, interacting with them. But, like, the new fiancé was super nice, like, very welcoming, hugging Bergen. Ed Begley didn't care. He was and, like, oh, cool, everything... you're dating. Like, great, good for you. Okay, and everything goes off without a hitch there. Like, Begley's going to marry the young lady, and their son is going to marry his lady. Yeah. There's no turns. There were no story turns there or anything. <laughs> Zero. Cool. I'm glad there are characters that were written <laughs> and existed in this movie. That's cool. I just found, a, uh, like, a still of uh, Don Johnson and Jane Fonda standing on top of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, he does look good. <laughs> 